This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 26th of October 2017. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, we've got a great show coming up for you. We've got a couple guests coming in, um, both of whom I think have, I think both have appeared on, uh, on Webcology before. And I know for sure that uh, Michelle, Michelle Stinson Ross, um, coming on to uh, to talk about uh, social. I know I know she's been on before. I'm not so sure our other guest has been on. Um, it's, it's it's a small con. It's a it's a uh, a small industry. Eh? It's it's, it's uh, David has Mary ever been on the show before? You know I don't think so. It's it's one of those. Shows. I don't know. We've been doing this for a decade, right? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, you uh, could just sort of turn around and ask. Yeah, I'm on the radio right now, and she's trying to work. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Our second um, guest is going to be Mary Davy. She's coming on to join uh, Michelle Simpson Ross to talk to us about social. I guess Michelle and uh, and Mary uh, met each other for the first time uh, at the Merge Conference in Florida last week. Uh, talked to Storm about social, and so they're on the show this week talking about it. Eh? Yeah, and what a great week it is because I mean we won't talk about what the stories are because I'll save them for when they're on, but. Lots happened in social, so we're perfect timing. You know what? I, I say that. I think that's every week. Every week, a lot happens in search and social. But <laughs> we've got some great stories to cover. We do, including it's out there. It's happening. Um, we, we said it was coming. They said it was coming. Everyone said it was coming. Now it's finally here. Google is slowly but surely rolling out the mobile first index. Yeah, it's happening. That was uh, <laughs> That was word that went down from Gary E's at the uh, Search Marketing Expo conference happening at the Javits Center in uh, New York City right now. Um, 
So what does that what does that mean to you, Dave? When, when, when you hear that the mobile first is rolling out and it's rolling out slowly, um, you know, I, I think we all have to have a bit of a, a sigh of relief, right? I mean, that's you know, okay, I understand how they're doing it. They're doing it in a, in a in a very controlled way. I think there was a fear, at least by me, and I assume shared by others. That it, and, and I don't think they're this stupid, but you still have that fear because sometimes they are where there'd be this big switch, big button they'd push and boom, then it was deployed right? <laughs> like, with, with sort of no reaction. Time. We can see them testing stuff. We're not going to get uh, a Florida, right? Like for our listeners, look up Florida update if you want to hear what I'm talking about here. But we're not going to get some catastrophic uh, event or, or some major shakeup. What I wish they would say i understand why they can't but i wish they would say it is go here's a few sites we're testing across a few technologies right to like give us something where we can look at and go okay i know not because none of us are at 100 percent ever right like i know 99.9 percent we are good to go <laughs> but i want to see a site in built in the same kind of technology I and mean, you know I'm sure there's WordPress sites in there, so that's great. But, you know, when they've got this layout versus this layout or, you know, okay, now we've got JavaScript-driven sites, right? Okay, now how, how are they performing, right? Like, I'd love to be able to get in there. I'm sure they're testing this stuff, but I understand why they can't tell us. Uh, you just can't give SEOs nice things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you do, they'll try to, like, you know, jam your engine with them, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Like, I, I mean, I don't blame them when they have to keep this stuff to themselves. Um, and, and the sites in question probably don't even know themselves. So that's, you know, it, it'll be interesting. What I'm waiting for, though, is over on Webmaster World and stuff, people to go, I know I'm it, because the rankings fluctuate all of a sudden, right? Or, or like tank. And then it'll turn out that Fred, you know, iteration number, you know, 84Y, you know, kicked out. And it was just one of their, like, general updates. But I think a lot is going to be blamed on this rollout over, over the coming months where people will suddenly panic about something that may be completely unrelated um, to that and sort of go, it must be mobile because it wasn't me. And it's like, no, actually it's your bad links, right. Or something. <laughs> so it'll, it'll be that's, interesting. That's very true. And then, and like you said, any major uh, rankings fluctuating, the first thing people's minds are going to turn to is I wonder if, you know, is this a cause of mobile first? Um, and then they'll start to think, well, what haven't I done properly? And that's when the panic sets in. It is. And that was, it's the nice thing about um, the more significant rollouts, you know, whether they are sort of doing it all at once and they've clearly done some testing. But when you have, say, you know, the panda or penguin rollouts of, of days gone by or, or something like that, where you know where to look, right? It, it's not this slow eking rollout. Some sites here, some sites there. You don't know if you're in or you're out or, you know, it's not, doesn't seem to be sector based or anything. So it may just be an update. It may be mobile first. You don't know whether to look at a technical thing or you don't know whether to like, I, I think it is a bit problematic the way it's rolling out. Again, I understand why they're doing it and these things need to roll out this way. And there's a bit of relief by the fact that they are being very careful clearly, but um, you know, I think over the coming months, it is going to lead to some problems where people get hit with other things, but don't even know where to start to look. And so you sort of got to go, oh, okay, well, we've got to look at everything. Now, for people like you and I, this may prove to be a boon. 
<laughs> we might be like, all right, because people have no idea where to start looking, so they'll have to hire SEOs for audits, right? So you, me, Alan, you know, <laughs> we'll all be doing, you know, I think better. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I feel for, you know, website owners trying to, trying to do this. It, it may lead to some confusion and some problems. Well, I mean, speaking of, I mean, I'm going to read you a couple of sentences, and this comes from an article that was published uh, early this morning at uh, uh, Search Engine Land. Mm-hmm. This was written by Barry Schwartz, who was in, who was in New York at the uh, SMA, SMX East Conference. He was in the room when Gary made the announcement. I'm sure he got his questions in. But this is a uh, this is this is uh, from the article that that Barry wrote up from that conversation. In, the selected si- in selecting sites to be switched over, Google has set up, quote-unquote, classifiers to define how ready a site is for mobile-first index. Classifiers determine how equal or comparable the desktop site is to the mobile site when it comes to contents, link, schema, multimedia, etc. Now, if the content, links, schema, and so on all match at 100% level, Google is more likely to take that site to the mobile-first indexing stage. If they're at, say, an 80% level, Google might wait and communicate to the webmaster there are specific changes that need to be made to the mobile site to get it closer to being 100% comparable. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so, so what do you think about that? I mean, Google's comparing the, according to Barry, Google's comparing the uh, uh, mobile site using classifiers to the, um, to the desktop site, and if they match up, Google will take the site to mobile first. Um, why does it care? Like, seriously, what's that all about? I'm not sure what that's all about, and it seems a little... Complicated? Yeah, it does. It does seem a little complicated, and I'm almost in a spot where, I mean, and maybe it's that they're like, we're, we're, we're doing this, folks, so, so you, need to, you need to get ready if you're not yet. But what I would almost more like to see than that is, okay, you're launching the ones that are the most ready, great. Now, why don't you start firing like the, those classifiers that you're you're filtering through? Um, why don't you start sending some notices to those other sites that you're not doing this to yet <laughs> to do that? Now, they may just be testing to see how their classifiers are working, right? I mean, this this may be you know an actual logical sort of technology test on their end, but if it's not, well, you'd actually be doing a favor to fire off through the search console. Here's all you know. We're classifying. You weren't included yet. Here's why. Here's a list the of article, all the triggers. The article notes that Google will do this at a certain level. Um, I'll read that 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 uh, passage again. If they're at, at say an eighty percent level, Google might wait and communicate to the webmaster that there are specific changes. Blah blah blah. Um, that's a really good point. Like check Search Console. You might be getting a notice from Google saying X, Y, and Z or X, Y, and Z isn't um, compatible with. Uh, with mobile first, but it's not the same as, as on your desktop site. So work on this. Yeah. And that's going to be pretty critical. Now, I mean, we're sort of hitting from it's rolling out, right? Like, so we're kind of in the 23rd hour here, like, <laughs> you know, wouldn't it be nice if they could be a little bit you know, faster? I mean, although, you know, I, I say that and I'm catching myself as I'm saying it, I'm like this, just because they're doing these early components right now and they're rolling out some sites, that doesn't mean that they, are launching the whole thing rapidly over the next two weeks, right? I mean, we may still be looking at a Q1, Q2 full-scale launch. 
um, or deployment rather. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I worry that they might not give webmasters and website owners enough time to, to address these issues, but I guess we'll see and and hope that they're going to, you know, sort of understand that if you're just telling us now specifically what's wrong, it might take us a bit of time. Not even just because, hey, some problems take time, but hey, there's going to be a lot of people getting these things, and there's only so many webmasters who can address them. <laughs> well, given uh, given his accuracy ranking, this may or may not make you feel better, okay? But apparently, Gary, Gary E. said the purpose of rolling it out was to limit number of sites is to test the hell out of it. And... Um, Gary says that the rollout's going to go incredibly slowly and that Google will communicate the process to webmasters along the way. For instance, apparently there's a blog post that's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. And that, that blog post is supposed to help you know, webmasters and SEOs understand the process. But nobody can say, of course, this being Google, no one is going to go out on a limb and saying when they're actually going to get around to writing it. But apparently it's going to, it's going to roll out really slowly. And Google promises to be communicative. Although, you know, this is Google talking, so that doesn't really mean much. Yeah, well, that's, you know, we always hit that sort of problem, right? Where you're like, oh, okay. I mean, you can, you can say that. What does slowly mean to you? <laughs> what does, you know, give us time mean to them? Right. I mean, what if you're a, you know, a, a small, you know, here in Victoria, well, actually, you know, Victoria is a bad example because we've got tons of tech going on here. But, you know, what if you're from like a, a small town, you don't, you know, there's only a couple of developers, you don't trust some guy in the, you know, the big city. <laughs> like, you know, and how much time would you need to ha- allow these developers to be dealing with the, the, the variety of, of sites they may have to deal with? That's one of my big concerns is just, is there enough talent at this scale? Like, I mean, you can, you can, a rock and hit somebody who will call themselves a WordPress developer, but, and they won't like it, but you could do that. Um, you know, are there enough developers that can help solve these sorts of advanced scenarios that we're going to be hitting here? And I mean, how, and, and a question that I have is how advanced, how, how perfect does it need to be? Does just being pretty close, is that, is that all right? As long as you can see the same content, that's, that's going to be okay. Or does it need to be, you know, to the, to the nth degree? And now all of a sudden, when you're looking at your page speed score, don't even bother looking at desktop. That one can be a, you know, I mean, not that that's, this is some end all be all metric, but I'm using it as an example. You know, that one can now be 62. It's your mobile. It needs to be above that 85 threshold that moves it on to good. Like how, how finicky is it going to be? And, and, and what are they doing that? There's a lot of questions they haven't answered. Um, and they may just not have the answers yet, but it's something we've all got to watch because it is rolling out. It is kind of exciting. I know you're probably excited too, because this is the sort of neat stuff that, that we sort of live for. Um, but at the same time, there's, there's a lot of concerns coming in. I don't anticipate any of our clients to get, you know, kicked in the butt because we prepped, but you know, there's always a little tension and I just want to make sure, or my hope is that they'll give us enough time to react if there are problems we didn't foresee. I got a feeling you're going to see a lot of time this time. Um, I don't think we're facing another Florida situation. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of concern about it, and there's been a lot of really vocal concern about the possibility of of uh, Google pulling another Florida. But um, so much so, even um, if anyone is interested in learning a lot more about Florida, I understand that uh, Jenny Hazlitt is um, about to is about to publish an article, a uh, a recap of the Florida update. 
So yeah. wants to you know go serious, serious. Um, if you want some serious PubCon trivia, read that article. It'll be good. I know it's actually part of it. Just for our listeners who may not know, it's actually part of a uh, series of articles. I'm coming out over on, on Search Engine Journal uh, by a variety of different authors, myself included, covering different algorithmic updates from the past. Um, I'll be doing Hummingbird, for example, but that was the one, and, and Jenny Gert, she was in there before I was, and I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> I wish I had it. Florida made my career, eh? Yeah, I, I know. I, I was hoping to be able to make you jealous. <laughs> uh, it would have. It would have made me very jealous. But instead, I'm just jealous of Jenny. But I've been, you know, I mean, she's amazing. Jenny, Jenny yeah. has is an incredible SEO. So, um, okay, we got time for one more story. Then we got to go to a break. Then we got to get. Then we got to get all social. Um, what do you think about giving Amazon like a key to your house? <laughs> you know what? That is probably the. When I read the title, I was like, this is a horrible, horrible idea. And then I actually read what they're doing in the process involved. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I get what they're, what they're talking about. Um, and, and then it actually has security in place. And it, it, it's actually a pretty good idea. I and, and most people, you, I don't know if you, how often you order from Amazon. I assume probably like the rest of us often enough. Um, and and it, and even other packages, and it always I find it a little weird when I'll like show up and there's like a package sitting out in front of my house, or alternatively, I now have to go to the post office or go to a depot to to pick this thing up. Inconvenient. Well, Amazon is launching uh, basically a, a a service of sorts, or, or just sort of it's, it's the way they're going to start operating um, for for people who are, are Prime and, and who subscribe to this service, where basically you're going to have a special lock. Um, that allows Amazon access to your house um, during set delivery time. It's not some open like Amazon can walk in anytime they want, but during a, a set delivery time when they know the, you know, the truck is, you know, geo, it's, they know it's there. Uh, now the, the, the person running it can get in. Um, and as well, when you get the kit, it also includes a camera, which has to face the door. Um, so it has to be set up so that this specific lock that Amazon can access um, is there and a very specific camera synced up to Amazon facing your door is there the camera, you know, sort of triggering when Amazon unlocks the door. Basically, it's to give you some security, right? They've got the special lock. It only engages at a specific time when they know they're there. And then there's a camera, um, you know, facing the door, recording the person, just allowing them to drop this package inside your door, close it back up and, and, you know, off they go. Uh, I, I don't actually think it's as horrible an idea as I did when I first read that title. I'm like, I'm not giving Amazon you know, access to my house. I'm like, hey, you know, I, I, I might still not, but it's not as dangerous as I thought. This, this might blow your mind, but um, in the uh, early 70s, there was still door-to-door -door milk delivery in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And I was alive in the early 70s. I remember this. So I lived at a time, my friend, when there was door-to-door -door milk delivery in my city. Mm -hmm. And now I live in the north end of uh, the largest, you know, a megalopolis. There's like six and a half million people in the city I live in, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I live in a, in a pretty dense urban area, even though you know, I'm, I live in a small cottage in a wooded part of the north end of the city. I come home the other day and there's a printer sitting on my uh, front steps and a ream of paper, too, just to go with the printer. Right. An Amazon purchase. Um, so yeah, I uh, it's a nice printer. 
uh, mm-hmm. as far as printers go. Um, it does 101 different things. So mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing you don't want your uh, your local um, thief to walk off with. Um, although I'm not sure they really know what to do with it. Because, hell, I, uh, it's my printer and I don't know what to do with it exactly. <laughs> But still, it's a valid point. I know last year I had a, a PlayStation 4 left outside. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> now that's something you know what to do with. It sure is. Uh, so I think that's where the service is. They've got a lot of safeguards in place. Would I want to be a first adopter? No. <laughs> but um, do I think that this is sort of a, a good, logical way of addressing it with some solid safeguards in place? Like I, I love that the truck needs to be there. I love that there's a time frame that the person has access to. I love that there's like a camera facing your door, and it has to be. Otherwise, the lock won't work, right? Like the, all of this needs to be in place to safeguard your property. Uh, and from that context, I like it. Um, one of the things that, of course, comes up to me that I find kind of interesting is what if that Amazon person sees something they shouldn't. What if, I don't know, what if they see a bong on your counter, right? Or something like that. Like, what if they see something, now what happens, right? And, and are they now, do they have to, could they testify, that sort of thing? So now we get other sort of privacy concerns in there because they're now in your house seeing things that you have a right to believe are private. So there, there is that sort of legal side of things well, I mean, that like, I'm, I'm quite the curious same, about. The same, thing, the same thing could be asked about, like, Cortana. Or um, Amazon, uh, uh, Google Home, or, or um, Amazon, uh, whatever Amazon. So I can't, I'm spacing the name yep. of the Amazon. Alexa. Alexa. That, you know, what if they hear you talking about, or they hear somebody talking about purchasing like a kilo of cocaine? Are they yeah. obligated to call the cops? Well, I don't I, know. I, I don't know either. And you know what? I'm going to get a hat tip because I, I now, and thanks to um, our guest, Michelle, who ordered it because I, I don't have a Prime account in, in the U.S., so she ordered me an Amazon to the hotel while I was there, so I now have one. It answers some questions better. I was actually shocked. Like, I was asking, I'm, I'm right still on the math questions that I'm asking them each, but it does better on stuff related to to the Pythagorean theorem than, than Google Home does. Like, and actually giving me useful data back. Uh, you know, I was, I was wondering what angle you were going to take with that story. <laughs> oh, oh, boom. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Oh, um, we, well played. we got to take a break because that's what we've come to here on WebPology. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got to take a break. It's, it's 25 past the hour at the time of recording, and we've got, like, two special guests sitting there waiting in the wings. So, on behalf of Dave Davis from BSI Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webology on WebmasterRadio.fm on the 26th of October, 2017. Stick around. We got Michelle Stinson Ross and Mary Davies after these messages. In order to combat the sudden influx of machines, a transistorized flexible rhythm jet And don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. 
Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Your virtual webmaster frat house. WebmasterRadio.fm. Hey, bring your togas. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 26th of October, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk, Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And we are joined by Michelle Stinson-Ross. And Mary Davies, two social media superstars. Uh, Michelle, it's been way too long since uh, since you've been on Web College. We've had a chance to yeah, talk. Yeah, um, we, <laughs> well, well. we should have fixed this ages ago. Well, we'll we'll rectify that in the future, or right about now. <laughs> Welcome back, Mary. You've never been on Webcology. Um, I have not. A whole bunch. Yeah, he kind of yeah. took up the slack there for me <laughs> for like how many up. years? Ten years? Ten? Yeah. Welcome here. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, you were both at the merge conference in uh, in Florida last week. Um, starting with Michelle, moving to Mary. What were you talking on? I was specifically talking on video and using it across the social web. So video options in Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, LinkedIn, Twitter. <gasps> yeah, all that. Okay, and Mary, how was your, and what was your session? In my session, I was basically talking about kind of the user journey from Facebook through to your on-site, um, sort of the process, you know, how to not lose people in that transition point. Okay. Um, I'll bet you, just this, this feeling I got, video plays a large part in retaining people uh, in social media. <laughs> That's 
seems to be the word on the street. <laughs> We've been testing it. As a matter of fact, we tested it with Dave at the merge conference. Did we not, Mary? <laughs> we sure did. We did. We uh, made uh, Dave go through his very first unboxing experience. Uh, that was pretty fun. Oh, well, you all you used Dave as a guinea pig on this, eh? Yes, of so, course we did. What, what, what was this? What'd you do? Um, you know what? I guess I'll answer what it was because I do nothing um, and, and pass a thank you to to Michelle for ordering in a um, Amazon dot because I, I I couldn't get one here. Now I can't really explain what they what they put me through. <laughs> it just felt funny. <laughs> but it's all caught on video, and actually, you can go to my Twitter feed and see it if you want. <laughs> can we monetize this? You, you can actually watch Dave have this unboxing experience. It's pretty fun. <laughs> okay, so what were you trying to prove? Uh, getting Dave to unbox an Amazon box? <laughs> I think it was really just for our entertainment purposes more than anything. Be pretty much. Well, I, and the point is to show that. Absolutely anybody, including Dave, can create video for social media. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I think that had come up. We had had a search panel uh, on the last day at Merge Conference there. And uh, Michelle was on the panel with us as along with Tracy Ingram. And he has a story for that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that was the <laughs> ongoing joke of, of that week is Tracy Ingram has a story for everything. I'm just going to say that. So yeah, I think he um, does, actually. <laughs> pretty much does. Yeah, ask him about asparagus bicycles. Ask him about that. <laughs> Uh, but yes, it had come up uh, in discussion in that panel, just kind of the different ways that you can, you know, gain reach and followers and that sort of thing. And we were talking about, I think Facebook Live had come up and just live video in general. Mm -hmm. And then we were also mm -hmm. talking about um, just kind of the oddity that unboxing videos are. Um, I've got two teenagers here at home who probably could spend 10 hours of their lives sitting on YouTube to watching other people open boxes. It's really quite astonishing, but there's, 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 there's a place for that out there. So just, uh, un un unboxing videos are like the home reno is like home reno porn for the uh, YouTube generation. <laughs> yeah, right? I think so. Mm -hmm. Something like that. I don't know what it is. And there's some industries that really could, you know, utilize that, um, as, as maybe, uh, boring as it may seem to some of us. Uh, yeah, there's definitely, there's, there's an audience for it. Well, let's, well let's, let's go back to your unboxing video. Um, how long did it take to create it and then deploy it and then, um, you know, have it become useful in, in, in a social media campaign? I would not say it was useful. But I think it was it was uh, it was, yes, more of a, an experiment to show how easy it is. I do actually. And I'm sure Michelle can speak to this a lot more than me. Um, I think that Michelle could definitely uh, let you know that that video, you know, is probably something that is underutilized um, dramatically by quite a few people in the social media industry because they're mm -hmm. afraid of getting out there and just making a video. They think they need this big production team and all this fancy equipment. In reality, if you have a phone in your hand, uh, you can make a video. So I think that was the lesson learned, right, is, is really right, right. away at a conference. You can make a video in what was it, maybe three minutes total and have it posted to social. Oh, well, yeah, because we did it live. It was posting immediately. I mean, it was like push a button and we were creating video. Yeah. Okay. Well, how often, Michelle, in, 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 in your course of work, and like you are um, arms, shoulders deep in social every day. Mm -hmm. How often are you, using, are you using video with your clients? Um, 
We're still kind of bringing our clients along. So at Gruen, the clientele is, although customer facing, there isn't always a best case scenario or there isn't always a use for it. I'm, as much as I want to tell people that, hey, 51% of all video plays are on mobile devices and 70% of millennials are likely to watch a company video when shopping online, there's lots and lots and lots of data out there that says that video is just far more engaging, does so much more for your business than just a, a photo or a text post. It's not an absolute fit for absolutely everything. And frankly, what we're finding is that internally, we tend to use video more for the agency than we have for the clients so far. So you're advertising yourself using video more than you are, are your clients. Well, certainly. The, I mean, in the industry that we're in, there is a great deal of education necessary. And when you consider that viewers retain 95% of a message when they watch it on video as compared to 10% when they read it in text, hello, if I need to train somebody on something, I'm going to do a video rather than a blog post. Okay, so, so Mary, when you're confronted with numbers like that, you got 90% retention rate from video, 10% from text, which as a writer terrifies me. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've got you know. You, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, no. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just like. What do you do with that? Uh, well, you, you find it to your client, and your client says, "Make me a video," but we, but, but they're not doing that. Why? Um. Well, why are the clients not doing it, or why are are we? As why the are the clients not doing it? No, obviously the market. So I think, I think honestly, honestly, you know, if we look at kind of video taking over social media, that's really kind of been a constant growth over the last like two years, really specifically. Um, mm -hmm. That's when we started to see, oh wait, this is taking over. Um, if you know, a really good example, different, different, and I'll get back to the video, but I realized today that we're kind of on the year uh, anniversary of Facebook reactions um, mm -hmm. right now. And I remember when they first came out and I'm like, the only people using this is like old ladies sitting in the corner who are just like, like literally that's who I was seeing. It was like older people who were like, Ooh, happy face hearts. Oh, look at all these fun things. And people within like my age group and our industry weren't really using them in the first little bit. And now I'm like, what would I do without all of these things? And I've also watched as those reactions have become more and more used. It, it's also increased the um, use of emojis in in our text. Like we're just getting a lot um, simpler <laughs> as human beings, unfortunately. Uh, we want happy faces and that sort of thing. And I think video does kind of speak to that a little bit. It kind of plays to our laziness a little bit uh, in, in not wanting to actually read real words. <laughs> but um, getting to the, you know, as a journalist, what do you do with that um, information? Uh, and, and what do we do with, with our clients in trying to kind of sell these, these points to them? Uh, Huffington Post actually did um, a study not that long ago, and they uh, found that the video um, articles basically that they put out, video posts, uh, performed four times better than their article posts that still had images and that sort of thing. So, you know, that's kind of proof in the pudding right there um, as to why you need to do it. Now, to sell that to your clients is, is sometimes a little bit harder, but I think it's easier when we say, you know what, though, it's not a really expensive thing to do. You don't have to have this big production team and that sort of thing. So, um, right. yeah. Dave, Dave, this is this is this is coming. There's nothing we can do about it. Where do I get a Ryan Gosling mask? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, well, 
can get yes. away doing your John Hamm impression, but I'm screwed. It, to your point, though, Jim, Cisco is projecting that global internet traffic from videos will make up 80% of all internet traffic by 2019. And so far in 2017, we're looking at about 74% of all internet traffic is video. Why couldn't Vine survive? I loved Vine. It was a, a beautiful, elegant little format. Why couldn't it survive? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, honestly, I think that it was just one of those things. It was almost a little too niche, a little too specific. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing with video, especially in social media, is giving the users the variety that they need, whether it's... Um, native posts on Facebook and LinkedIn and those sorts of places where you pre-produce the video and, and you upload it, just providing the ability to upload it directly to the channel or whether it's live video and you can do live video in Facebook, you can do it in Twitter, you can do it in Instagram, um, several places that you can go live. All of those give us far more options with video than vine ever did i mean vine was fun and cool and, and kind of forced a lot of creativity but at the same time it just it was so niche it wasn't ever going to fit a broad spectrum of users like we're currently seeing video being used in social media I would agree with you on on that. Just to add into the the fact that you know you've got platforms like Instagram and Snapchat and um, Facebook, where it's kind of in the hands of everybody a little bit more so than Vine was as well. Um, and I just saw actually a piece today about Instagram um, bringing in the super zoom. Um, I think it's just in kind of testing phase right now, but it kind of basically rivals a lot of the Snapchat. Um, uh, sort of uh, users, I guess, uh, or it get, it's trying to bring them over. And I think it was just in this last quarter that Instagram finally actually has beat out Snapchat as um, yes. the go-to photo and video app. So um, yeah, it's just making that, you know, it's in my hand, I can use it. Everybody's using it, my mom's using it, my kid's using it, I'm using it. Whereas, yeah, like you were saying, um, something like Vine is a very niche sort of um, market in, in so you know comparison so where are a couple examples where um video could be used for uh, i guess this is a two-part question what are a couple examples where video can be used for marketing purposes and when is it appropriate to use live video um i like live just because it really brings in that human connection element um people like that and there's kind of no pressure to it you know like a pre-recorded um video does have a little bit more of an expectation i think that again michelle will probably have a lot more to kind of add to that because <laughs> that's kind of her wheelhouse um but i know uh lisa buyer um, presented with michelle mm. and she had mentioned that something she had seen which i have not actually seen pr um myself i haven't run into it was uh, mid-roll ads during through live Facebook video, which that's not something I've ever come across. And that kind of opens a whole different uh, door to, to, to advertising as well. Cause you've got that again, like I was saying that human connection element, it's like, Oh, it's you and me talking. And now you've put an ad in the middle of that. And I already just super trusted you and we're in the middle mm -hmm. of a conversation and you're just telling me about this cup of tea, you know, that I should buy. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's, it's that, that human connection on the Facebook live or live video in general that I think you don't necessarily get as much with the pre-produced um, video. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, Michelle? Yeah, Michelle. Um, <laughs> well, I and I would take that a step further. So a lot of what I teach and train clients and, and at conferences and stuff like that is not only can you go live, but you can use live kind of as your test bed. For example, um, Bill Hartzer was using a 360-degree camera quite a bit at the shows that we were at. Let's mm-hmm. let's say that Bill is actually selling 360-degree cameras, okay? Um, okay. <laughs> for example, so one of the things that um, Bill might want to do is, first of all, do live demonstration videos of how that 360-degree camera works, where he can get instant, immediate feedback. People can ask him questions that can go, wait a minute, wait, wait, go go back to that, turn that around. Can I, can I see that? How does that button work? Getting feedback in a live moment is going to help him dial in his fully produced product demo video for his website where he sells 360 degree cameras, right? So one of the ways that we can use live is in that way to test concepts, get feedback that we can then turn into fully produced videos. We can also, after doing that live moment, so most of these platforms enable us in some way, shape or form to actually download that video content. I can take that and repurpose, reuse. For instance, I taped um, Danny Goodwin talking about content and SEO. I have that video now living as an MP3 file on my computer. I can take it and add um, clips from his slides and enhance that turn it into a fully produced where I'm using clips from the live video and then giving more value back to my clients, my audience, my whoever, and posting it on YouTube, LinkedIn, everywhere that I can post video, put it in my blog with a write-up. There's lots of ways that I can repurpose and reuse once I've taken the time to turn the camera on. Yeah, well. If um if I can get uh, Michelle, if I can get you and and Mary as well to to hold those thoughts. I'm afraid we got to take a break. It's uh, quarter to two at the time of recording, um, but I want to come back and talk about how um, to best build a uh, not just a video, but a you know a video library for your client, so people actually have something to watch at their YouTube channel. Um, before we get to that, we have to take a break here on Webcology. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 26th of October, 2017. Stick around. We're back with Michelle Simpson-Ross and Mary Davies after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network through iHeartRadio. 
iTunes, Stitcher, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Just getting your feet wet on the internet? Then dive into our stream. Webmasterradio.fm. We're the coolest place around. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on Webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Web College here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 26th of October, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beatstock Internet Marketing, and we are joined by Michelle Stinson-Ross and Mary Davies. Uh, we're talking about social, and more specifically, we're talking about video in social. Um, I guess I'm going to, I want to go to Michelle with the uh, how-to question and Mary with the how-to-measure-it question, if if, if that's cool. Um, Sure. I think Um, think one of the things that slows people down, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to figure out how to phrase the question. Um, (laughs) One of the things that slows people down around video is um, people don't think they actually know how to make them. They don't know how to uh, produce them or, 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 as uh, I think, as uh, Michelle said earlier, I uh, create the quality one expects you need to have something um, in a video format. And then they don't get a library together at YouTube. And if they don't have a library together at YouTube, nobody takes them very seriously. I'm going to show what do you got to do to actually get stuff online, you know, make video, make it, make it worth watching, and build a small library. I think a lot of it has to do with the same process that you go through to create blog posts. Uh, website pages, all that. So all of that information that you're writing down and posting on your website, you can sit in front of a camera and explain it to somebody just as easily. I know for us at Gruen, one of the things we did to build up our video library is doing basically webinar training sessions. So we have a handful of videos on um, different audit types within digital marketing. We have a um, social media marketing audit. We have a PPC audit. We basically just sat down in front of a camera with YouTube live events and had our practitioners from in the shop explaining how you go through and audit your social media marketing, how you go through and audit your PPC. So anything that you would normally do as a how-to is absolutely great content for video. And again, it's just a matter of choosing to either turn on your webcam or your smartphone camera and just sit down in front of the camera and explain it. I'm going to jump in. So I, I, I know I got to move. I've got a question. I'm dying. I've been dying for that. Both of you for like, I don't know, since, <laughs> since we launched, uh, or like since, since it was announced, um, we, we've got an announcement by, by, by fair, some tests, quote unquote tests 
on Facebook on pulling stuff out of the like pulling page uh, information out of the feeds or or you know a new test to to split them off into the explore and and keeping your actual feed just for for family and friends um, you know and then to explore just for for pages that you might follow or pages that the Facebook things you're interesting for companies what, what do we what do we do with this? And is it even good for users? I know when I like a, a, a page, for example, it means I like this company and I want to see what they're doing. Um, you know, and, and, and in some cases, I'm more interested in them than some of the people that I, that I follow as, as friends on Facebook. So is this good for users and, and what, what your companies do in this world? I think, yeah, so you're, re you're referring to the article. Um, I, I know, um, who was it that put it out? A few people put it out anyway in regards to, uh, yeah, Facebook was trying out and uh, I think it was like Bolivia and Serbia, Guatemala. I can't remember all of the places, but there were a few countries that they were um, trying out, pulling any of the pages, um, posts out of the regular news feed and, and only displaying um, uh, like your friends uh, in the news feed. And then they're, they have kind of, put out a piece to clarify that and say, oh, no, 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 we're not doing that. That's not going to happen. Um, because obviously, you know, anybody in our industry was going, what? You know, <laughs> we have to buy our way into the newsfeed 100%, which we already increasingly are having to do. Um, but they did put out, um, yeah, an article or not an article, a response uh, basically saying, oh, no, no, we were we were kind of kidding. We're just trying it out. And and then, yeah, as I think, Dave, you mentioned, they're talking about this Explore feed, which I must tell you, I didn't even know existed until I read that. Um, and uh, going into that Explore feed, I found that there was actually... Um, no, none of the pages I like or follow were in that. So it was just stuff that Facebook thought I might like. Um, so that doesn't actually really at all uh, kind of help out those pages that I follow um, to get in front of me, um, even if I did bother to go find that explore feed button and then go through to that. So yeah, I think, you know, Michelle, you probably have something to add on that as well. There's, mm -hmm. you know, a on the social um, scheme, especially in Facebook, since they since they've kind of changed the algorithm over the last few years, and I saw a significant change, um, probably around August, uh, where our posts were just, you know, like for one of my clients, he's usually getting two to 3,000 impressions is all of a sudden getting, you know, 400. And it's like, oh, okay, well, what's happening? So um, there's been a push to, to encourage, <laughs> very strongly encourage the, the pages to be paying for their exposure. Um, but, I, I, you know, as, dad, uh, as, as Dave said, I have chosen to follow that page. I have chosen to like that. I actually want that in my newsfeed. So, you know, not even just as a marketer, as a person, is Facebook taking away something that I actually want to see? Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of, of that shift. And if Facebook has tried it, they're thinking that way, you know. Um, that's right. what I have to say on that. <laughs> well, uh, one of the things that, that interests me, so the Search Engine Journal by Matt Southern that we're referring to, the title is Facebook's Explore Feed May Improve Pages Organic Reach on Desktop. <laughs> on Desktop. Right, so, which is not <laughs> where. Yeah, the, nobody looks at Facebook on Desktop. <laughs> Facebook is mobile. It is. Well, that's what, in, you know, in my presentation, I had noted that 92% of Facebook time is on mobile devices. So that is exactly what you're saying. 
right, right. So, you know, we can, we can snicker and giggle at this a little bit. But I think part of this is, is that Facebook also recognizes that they're running out of ad space in the newsfeed itself. I mean, they can't cram any more in or people will just hate it. So, you know, that's part of it. I think they're looking to try and build out other streams that they can then run advertising in. Right. They're certainly so, doing it with videos, so. So kind of trying to draw people into that Explorer section, mm -hmm. is that what mm -hmm. you're kind of, yeah, that's a good thought on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it increases the advertising real estate that Facebook can put to use because they make money hand over fist with the advertising. Yeah, that, and that's an interesting take on it. I think that, yeah, it is, it, like you said, there is a max out point on the ads that we can have, you know, have in our feeds. Um, the one kind of really scary part of, of this, I guess, in a way too, is that in this test, they took away not only the, you know, it's not just the paid coming out of there, it's the organic just posts from, you know, I like to to go out, you know, on a Friday night. So I like all of these kind of local entertainment um, venues and this and that. And all of a sudden that pulls that out of my feed. Um, so I have to go looking for it. And I think one of the things that we like as users of Facebook is the fact that sometimes, you know, just things pop up in front of us that we want to be a part of. And some of that will be paid for sure. But a lot of that is just going to be um, organic. But, you know, like we've all experienced, that's been dwindling um, over time. And I've actually been noticing it. I'm, I'm kind of missing it oddly as a user um, having that those that uh, those organic posts from um, the businesses that I do follow um, not showing up in my feed. So, well, and we also brought up the aspect of measuring effectiveness and we're finding particularly in Facebook that video gets more reach, more exposure, more engagement, more of all of the good things. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Mary? Absolutely. And on top of that square video. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, um, don't just post it up without measuring. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Don't just Square video. Okay, you know what? We have about one minute left. What do you mean by that? What do I mean by square video? Okay, so 35% yeah. um, more views on a square video versus a landscape video. Um, and 80% 80 80 more engagement. Why? with that video yeah so Why? most it's a couple a couple things one is is just the 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 real estate it takes up on your mobile device it actually takes up more of the screen space and then i think michelle was the one who pointed this out when we were chatting about this in orlando is just the it's just an easier um sort of format to to kind of comment on and that sort of thing as well it, your phone's just built to, to view it that way so if you have a square video it's going to take up more real estate it's going to get in front of you um uh, you know, just take up more of the, of the space that you're seeing. And I'm going to throw something on top of that too, is uh, that the vast majority also are watching it silently. So um, that's also something to kind of keep in mind. 85% watch video silently, silently on Facebook. Yeah. So, you, you know, conversation. You... <laughs> I'm so, sorry, Mary, I have to, I have to, interrupt. I'm so, so sorry, but we can keep the conversation okay. going all day long, but we can't because we're not we allowed did that to do in Orlando, that. Though. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, as it turns out, uh, conference space is cheaper than radio airtime, um, and uh, yeah, the, just the, it's just the economics of radio. We got we got a show coming up right after ours. We got to get out of here because we've reached the end of Webcology for the week. So, friends, um, that was Michelle Sinson Ross and Mary Davies, both of whom we got to have back on the show because that conversation is far from finished. Um, 
friends, thank you for listening to Webcology here on webmatchradio.fm. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Henson, it's always media. It's the uh, 26th of October, 2017. Stick around, Webmaster Radio. More great stuff coming up on the network after the news. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect...